0: And so here it is, suddenly, out of the blue, without any warning, God puts on the scene. However, Habakkuk wanted to know what God would do about the wickedness in Judah, and the Lord responded in a way that amazed and frightened the prophet. So he's permitting this, that such a nation is going to come up against them, and that they are going to be charged in exactly the same way that they were treating them. As God has been in the past, He will be in the future. The covenant indicates an eternal faithfulness and should, and that is the basis of their confidence, dependence on the Lord.
1: The Psalmist in Psalms 119 verse 11 writes, Thy word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Why do we study God's word? This verse tells us that it is so that we might avoid sin things start going downhill into disarray and chaos when we wander away from the words of God, or in other words, sin. This brings into perspective what was happening in the kingdom of Judah in the time of Habakkuk. Last time, we started on a journey with the prophet, who on seeing injustice, violence and destruction all around him in Judah, asking God with a desperate groaning why it was so and why God was not doing something about it. Today we get to see how God responds to the prophet from Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 5 onwards. Once again, a warm welcome to the Agape Fellowship. Here we seek to study the scriptures verse by verse. And as we go into today's meditation, we pray that you are blessed.
0: Verse 5, look among the nations and watch and be utterly astounded. Can you tell me who's saying this? Anybody tell me who said that? God's saying the it. Lord. <laughs> it's God. Yeah. You
1: move the verses down and there you go.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. So look among the nations and watch and be utterly astonished for I will work a work in your days. Which you would not believe, though it were told you. For indeed, I'm raising up of the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. And so here it is suddenly, out of the blue, without any warning, God bursts on the scene. And instead of the prophet questioning God, the Lord responds to the complaints of the prophet. So he comes to answer Habakkuk's questions and complaints. And God is not ticked off. He's not upset. He's here to explain the case to Habakkuk. The answer that God gives to those prayers are both comforting. Yet at the same time, it's confounding to say the very least. And though the and though the Lord did not respond specifically to the prophet's quest, it's example, why is the Lord tolerating evil? Or why is he not addressing the basic uh, justice issue in the land? He's not addressing any of those things. However, Habakkuk wanted to know what God would do about the wickedness in Judah. And the Lord has responded in a way that amazed and frightened the prophet. He was not expecting this answer. What did God say? What did God say? He said, Habakkuk, I'm at work. You wait and see. Herein lies the amazing fact, especially for us. God is at work. We cry out today we cry out for our nation, we cry out for our people, we cry out about our churches, we cry out about righteousness returning to our churches, righteousness returning to our homes we cry out about so many things and we pray we've heard them all through we pray about so many things and every time the question is why is God not answering is God answering what's God doing you know is has he forgotten us and so we 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 concern ourselves with that question. Is is there something going on? In a world that only considers humans at work, we have to understand that God is also at work simultaneously. He's on a different track. He's doing a work while we are creating our own work, while the world is doing his own work. Alongside the men at work sign stands another important sign, which says God at work. So there are two things going on. And God's response, notice here, if you read through, you will see God's response is not salvation. What was God's response? What was God's response to? Judgment. Judgment, Judgment. exactly. It was not salvation. Action in raising up a mighty, powerful, powerful, Godless people to action. In verse five, look at verse five. It's a call, a call to look among the nations. In verse five, if you look at verse five, look among the nations and watch. And then verse six to 11, he talks about the Chaldeans. And in verse six, God sets out their characters are their attributes. It's horrible. Look at the attributes of the Chaldeans. The character of the Chaldeans what are they? Ruthless. Their conduct, they sweep through their motivation to seize each element, seize everything, just they're like locusts. They come through and then they sweep through. That's their character. That's their attribute. And God is saying, I'm raising up a nation. Look among the nations. In other words, look and see. God is telling Habakkuk, look among the nations. There is no nation among all the nations that you see that has this combination of attributes. God's work is already in progress. And that's what God is telling. Look, I'm, things are going, it's happening. You don't see it. But even if I did tell you about it, you wouldn't believe it. So I'm not gonna tell you about it. I didn't tell you about it, but I'm at work. I'm raising up a nation. And that nation is already on the ascent. And he says, and God says, be utterly astonished. God is telling Habakkuk, you're gonna be utterly astonished. God would do a work in your days that is soon, or the prophet's timeline. And God is already at work. And Habakkuk and his hearers would be surprised at the Lord's answer. Who could expect Lord would use such a wicked instrument to judge a nation more righteous than itself? God is telling Habakkuk, just you wait. Verse seven, they are terrible and dreadful. They're terrible and dreadful. Their judgments and dignity proceeds from them. Their horses also are swifter than leopards, more fierce than wolves. Their chargers charge ahead. Their cavalry comes from afar. They fly as the eagles that hasten to eat. They all come for violence. Their faces are set like the east wind. They gather captives like sand. They scoff at kings and princes are scorned by them. They deride every stronghold for they heap up earthen mounds and seize it. Then, His mind changes and he transgresses. He commits offense ascribing this power to his God. Who could have believed that God's answer to the wickedness of Judah would be this Babylonian nation? Before I proceed, let's take a look at who are the Chaldeans. And so I put this map together. Let's see if I can show you that map. Can you see my map? Yeah. So um, what you see this area. Uh, Can you see my mouse also? I think so, right? The arrow. Um, So this area is the region of Chaldea. Remember uh, the Abraham was from where? Or of the Chaldees. That's here. See that? this is the Chaldean region and Chaldea is is at the bottom of that region it's right by the bay, by the uh, by that uh, outlet to the persian gulf outlet and several aramean uh, tribes entered that area between 1000 and 900 bc they found the soil uh, they had some natural resources, was flat alluvial soil. It had marshlands that still exist uh, that Saddam Hussein was trying to uh, vacate, empty out. It floods during the rainy season. So that's how the place got green. And then uh, it had hot summers. And um, how did this come about? The, before the Babylonians, there was another um, tribe. They were the Assyrian people. And their uh, city, their main city was up here. You see that? Nineveh. Nineveh was their main city. And they were in the northern region. Uh, well, Talhafah and Ashur and Mari and all of those regions. That's where the uh, Assyrians were. And this was an up-and-coming region, uh, the Babylonians. And so um, the 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 nation started to become a power under a person called Merodach Baladan, and then came another uh, king called. there was Merodach Baladan was the early startup of the Babylonians, and then came Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is the one that actually established the Babylonian dynasty or the empire. And that establishment took place after the defeat of the Arameans or the Assyrians at at the city of Nineveh Uh, fell to Nebuchadnezzar. And he was the first, you could say technically he was the originator of the Babylonian. And you've heard of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was the son of Nebuchadnezzar. So now you know where Babylon, uh, who Nebuchadnezzar is and how they were. This was around the time of 612 BC. That is around the time when um, Nebuchadnezzar was uh, fighting, uh, um, had captured Nineveh and had begun to establish. So what began in this little orange area started to expand upward through Nineveh, through the river Euphrates and all of those regions. That's where the Chaldeans were. So by the time this is being written, the Chaldeans were already there. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is on the uh, has passed on, and now uh, right after the uh, Nineveh, the Battle of Nineveh, um, Nebuchadnezzar assumes the throne, and he is now in charge as a young general and a young king. Uh, he is in charge in uh, Babylon. That's what's going on on that side. So what God is saying is, look, I'm just starting a new nation here and they're going to be this fierce. They're going to be terrible and and they're going to be dreadful. Habakkuk has wondered, uh, you know, what is God's judgment? Where's God's judgment uh, going to come from? Because he had said, you know, I'm going to judge them. And then the Lord lets him know that judgment will indeed come. And when it comes, it'll be through the Babylonians who are going to be a terrible and dreadful people. He says he commits offenses, ascribing the power to his God. Notice verse 11, he's ascribing to the power to his God. When the Babylonians overwhelm the land of Judah, they attribute their success to their God. That's how they they think it's our God. You know, we conquered this. Who is this Jehovah God? There's nobody like him. Um, there's a no, nobody like him, meaning he's a nobody. Um, our gods are greater and it's a proof. We've destroyed it. And what more proof is there? If their God could save them, that's one thing, but we whipped them. And so they attribute all of that to their gods. And, but the interesting thing is God allows it. And we'll talk about that in a moment. One of Habakkuk's complaint about this people is violence that these are a violent people. They are violent people. In effect, the Lord's answer to violence is violence. Remember when uh, uh, Habakkuk was complaining, he was saying, look, there's violence, there strife. There were seven points that he said, seven things, and one of them was violence and strife. And what we see here is God's judgment. In order for us to understand how God deals with violence, Let's read Genesis chapter 9, 5 to 5 and 6. Can somebody open Genesis 9? Genesis 9, 5 and 6.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will require the life of every animal and every man for your life and your blood. I will require the life of each man's brother for a man's life. Whoever sheds a man's blood, his blood shall be shed by man. For God made man in his image.
0: Right. Thank you, Eugene. I just took one, but you can read through the law and you will see that is you take somebody's life, your life will be demanded. It was capital punishment. You take somebody's life, life will be demanded of you and so violence when you visit violence so that is what what the the southern kingdom of Judah was doing there was violence and strife there was killing there was murder there was no justice no righteousness and guess what's coming to them violence is coming to them violence to them so look at uh, starting at verse 6 just look at your Bible and see the verses 6 to 11 look at the number of different types of attributes that God attributes to the Chaldeans, a number of characteristics of the Chaldeans. They're greedy, verse six. They're cruel, verse seven. Arrogant and self-sufficient, verse seven. Haughty, verse 10. Blasphemous, verse 11. The Lord knew and said they would do this even before it happened. So he was permitting this as a judgment and that you will see in verse 12. So he's permitting this, that such a nation is going to come up against them and that they are going to be judged in exactly the same way that they were treating their own people. And this was what the problem was in Judah. Exact same set of things. And one of the things that we have to understand here is right within this, within this, by that I mean within the Babylonian kingdom, they are an evil nation. Uh, no question about it. They are an evil nation. God is using the evil nation to judge the evil that was perpetrated by Judah on their own people. And within it also exists the seeds of their own destruction. We'll talk a little bit about it later on. Verse twelve. Now Habakkuk has a second question. This is even more troubling. He asked the first question: How long? And God gave him an answer. He didn't like the answer. He was so upset by the answer, and so he comes back with a second question: Are you not from everlasting, O oh Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, O oh Lord. You appointed them for judgment, O oh Rock. You have marked them for correction. Let me move my. Uh, You have marked them for correction. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look at wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things they have no rulers over them? And they take up all of them with a hook. They catch them in their net and they gather them in their dragnets. Therefore they rejoice and are glad. Therefore they sacrifice to their nets and burn incense to their dragnets because by them their share is sumptuous and their food plentiful. Shall they not therefore empty the net and continue to slay nations without pity? Let's look at each verse. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? There's a it, It's a loaded question that he's asking. Are you not from everlasting? Are you not the great I am? The I am who I am, I am that I am. Habakkuk's questions deal is dealing with the nature of God here. Are you not from everlasting? As God has been in the past, he will be in the future. The covenant indicates an eternal faithfulness and should, and that is the basis of their confidence, dependence on the Lord. And Habakkuk's question is fitting to this because he's asking, wait a minute, God, aren't you not our God? Aren't you not the one from everlasting to everlasting? In other words, this is not new. Knowing these things, God made Habakkuk more perplexed. Because what is he? One is, I am holy. How can a holy one of Israel use instruments of wickedness? How is it possible? You've been able to do, and this is the essence of the question. Look, when you wanted the Israelites to come out, of the land, it was your strong hand that brought them out. You didn't use any other instruments, any other wicked instruments to bring you out. Why this wicked instrument? Aren't you not the holy one? Are you not from everlasting to everlasting? While other nations thought of their god as holy in the sense of, oh, they are from, that god is away from me. You know that's all it means. In the, in the case of the Jewish Jehovah God, it was not only that it was holy, there was a personality, there was a personhood with this God. There was righteousness with this God. The other gods, all the other gods, you will see there's perversion in their act. They call themselves God, but they do weird things. You can go through all the religions of the world they do weird and wacky things and then now habakkuk is asking wait a minute you are not that god you don't you, you don't fit that mold why then are you using instruments of wickedness why are you picked up a, a an instrument that's wicked it baffles habakkuk
1: that brings us to the end of episode 2 and we were able to look today from Habakkuk chapter 1 verses 5 to 11. In response to Habakkuk's anguish, because of the wickedness all around him in the kingdom of Judah, God tells him that he was raising the distant Chaldean nation. Here we see God raising up a more violent nation to judge the violence and wickedness of Judah. This further perplexes Habakkuk and it caused him to once again ask God, how can this be? How can the Holy One of Israel, Jehovah God from everlasting to everlasting, use instruments of wickedness to judge his own people. Join us again next time as we look further into Habakkuk's cry to God from verses 12 onwards. God bless you.